Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Blackcast on my phone, ready to play right now. Listening to Blackcast. I don't want to watch what's on the TV. iTunes app put on the BC. Podcast on, no talking to me. Listening to Blackcast. Keep up on comics and movies. New phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listening to Blackcast. Don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass I'm kissing. Listen into Blackcast. Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listen into Blackcast. On this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listen into Blackcast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face Black cast in Chile to my place Had one beer, she brought a whole case Listen into Black Cast Cops knock on the door and listen Black cast on, they think I'm Christian Cops ran off, now I ain't trippin' Listen into Black Cast My point is, listen to this show Don't need me to tell you it's dope Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow Listen into Black Cast Oh yeah, that's the Black Cast, it's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV, that's right. That's that guy, Christian, you rock! Alright, several taxes had to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show. Welcome to a big big black cast 400 and it has been 199 episodes since our guest was on uh mr dennis miller dennis i feel like we're on one of those uh steve coogan uh, road movies uh it looks like you're joining us from the road so thank you for taking the time um i played a little golf and i just wrapped up the round threw off my collared shirt got into my oscar madison t-shirt and uh, i'm in the car in the parking lot but i did not want to miss my dear friend christian's 400 podcasts. what an amazing achievement good for you christian i don't think i've done 400 podcasts no i think that uh between the two places we've done the podcast uh we're a little bit over 200 at this point because you know the the math dictates you get about 50 in a year and uh, so, yeah, uh, we're doing well. Uh, that was uh, where I kind of wanted to start. Uh, how you, you know, you do that show, the Dennis Miller option, and also Dennis Miller plus one. You've been doing it from home. Uh, I feel like they both, to me, because I'm, you know, I'm not hosting them, but I feel like they're both good gigs because, you know, you sit down, you talk for a little bit. Uh, the TV show is even a shorter than the uh, podcast. So uh, doing those these days from home, it, they both seem like they they must be attractive compared to, you know, doing a talk show where you got to drive all the way down to L.A. and, you know, wait for an audience to get loaded in. That's sort of like compared to earlier gigs. Guys, Christian, it's unbelievable. Do you realize how cush we have or I have it and you have it to some degree because uh, you're the, uh, on the show with me? Um, listen, it w- I would be talking anyway at home and being ignored by my wife and kids. Now, <laughs> I have people held in some vague way through loyalty hostage <laughs> that actually have to listen to what I'm saying. But when you yeah. think about how crazy the world has gone, to think we can sit in our house, flip a camera. I'm in my car right now, for God's sake, just play <laughs> golf. 
It was so bad. I'm going to go hit a few more balls down at the, uh, and I don't golf much, but I'm trying to see if I want to resuscitate that corpse. Uh, I'm going to go down and hit a few more. Can you believe you can jump on, do this show, honor your friend, and you're in your car. I got the AC on. We can see people dig ditches for a living, for God's sake. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, I, uh, I, I didn't have it too rough when we were doing the podcast from the studio. I would just have to go from Burbank to Culver city, but the idea that I have to go down four steps to do the show now compared to, you know, 45 minutes in LA traffic. Uh, it's great. It's, it's very surreal that like, you know, cause now I can see you and I know we just did the show last week where Lindsay and I went up there, but usually it's just this weird thing where I'm talking into my computer, you're doing the same. And, uh, we make, we make something that, uh, that, uh, people enjoy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very weird that it's like, you're, you're in your house. I'm in my house. Oliver Stone, I guess, is in his house talking to you, you know, and I'm just almost like, you know, looking in through the windows and, and just uh, putting a glass up against the wall, trying to listen, you know, I'm just fascinated that, from your upstairs to your downstairs is four steps. What is that like? That John Malkovich film where he's living in the crawl space? Well, how do you how do you go from floor to floor in your house with four steps, or are they minute bowl size steps? What do you mean I go down four steps? I'm I'm only allowed to set up on the landing between levels. Uh, the kids have each of the levels. My wife is upstairs in in the study. And look, I, I've got some of the the kids' artwork behind me. So uh, obviously, you see where I rank in the arrangement of the house. Uh, but uh, somewhere in here, oh, here it is. A comment from Sandra. Uh, she she said, uh, "I just played pickleball, Dennis. You should try it." Um, I'm not quite sure I know what pickleball is, it's but like, uh, I, I feel like, like it's dwarf tennis. It's tennis if you don't have a big enough block. <laughs> they take a little air out of the ball, put some holes in the racket, make it springier. Maybe put a net around it so it's a little bit of an octagon and you play uh, pickleball. It's uh, Shetland tennis. <laughs> um, so obviously it's uh, – I, I, I hate when people – you know, they talk about these unprecedented times and uh, all of that, but it, it is unusual that we're still doing things, I don't know, six months later. I think when they said like, oh yeah, we're, you're going to have to do the show from home for a while and, and other shows that I do, I'm like, okay, that's a good two, three weeks. But now I'm just wondering like, oh, am I, are, are we ever going to go back? You know, uh, is it, and, and oh, do we even want to, if we can do like this, you know, that yeah. some people love stuff like you can see people run to it. It makes them a, they're able to pound their chest that they're a better citizen than you because they're not upset about it and they'll do it as long as they want. And they always thought they should, they were prone to wash their hands anyway and they'll wear a mask and they want to be able to lock horns with people they don't respect or some of these people are just going on and say, screw it, I'm not going to wear a mask. Listen, we're tribes, we're all tribes. And right now you got a tribe whose uh, clarion call is uh safety first you got people out there who want to live forever and uh they want you to live forever and if you don't want to live forever as much as they want to live forever there's a good chance they'll punch you or shoot you that's how weird it's gotten i've got people who have my uh who think only of my well-being who would threaten me if i didn't think about it as much as they did Listen, uh, we're at a pivotal point in America. You know, the thing I'm disappointed about in America is we don't take all these differences and just break up. You know, we're, this is goofy. We shouldn't fight. No, we're beyond that. We saw what the Civil War did. 
uh, the 600,000 people, citizenry, killing its own, killing brothers, killing friends, killing West Point fellow grads. Obviously, that's the thing that nobody ever wants to happen. But I can't believe, in an odd way, my go-to on this is Gwyneth Paltrow, who I used to laugh at about it. But I can't believe we don't all meet up probably in the, the old Ram Stadium on the Mississippi River in St. Louis, somewhere around the halfway point, just break up, divvy up the albums. You get the REO Speedwagon, I'll keep the Zeppelin. It's time to split up. We, we don't get along. We want to live two different lives. Any energy that we have, there's got to be some way to have a latter-day Continental Congress split-up thing where we all go our own ways. That, that's what we should do right now. Yeah, and look, and you're seeing a lot of people. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I'm aware of what's going on. You know, entertainment-wise, you have somebody like Ben Shapiro moving his whole operation to Nashville. Joe Rogan just moved to Texas. You know, I mean, that it, it's it's the sort of thing that uh, people were indicating years ago, yourself included. You know, that to some extent, it's not Atlas Shrugged, but it's all it's like California Shrugged. You know, it's like people are like, well, why would I live in that place? I still want to do what I want to do. And I think that it, it really lends itself to the idea of, yeah, look, people just aren't happy with one another. So they should probably go to the, to, you know, like-minded places. And this idea that we're all stuck inside so much, or as, you know, not as much as we were a few months ago, but the idea of going outside is, is a little bit less attractive than it was say a year ago. I used to think it was, it was odd. You know, you, when we were doing the radio show, you're like, yeah, I just, tend to really watch Turner Classic movies in the afternoon. And maybe it's because when I had kids, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I don't give a shit what's going on out there. I want to know enough to be plugged in and not be an idiot. But uh, I, I, there, there's people who, like, obsess over such minutia. And, you know, that's on the left, on the right. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I'll find out what's important, you know? I'll tell you what, listen, I don't know Joe Rogan when I've met him uh, at a UFC fight recently. is very uh, nice to me. Just ships that went bump. Uh, I know he's the biggest player in the business, in the podcast business uh, and the video podcast business. Uh, he just made $100 million. If he had stayed in California, that's another 13.3. He would have had to flush down the toilet because they just piss it away out <laughs> here anyway. They want to raise that up to yeah. 16.5, I think. You're talking about a guy who can't even say, listen, I'd like to keep my money because that paints you now as a potentate who has to be brought down or tipped over. So he has to use the thing. I, I don't want anything longer than a two and a half hour flight in my life. And then if they lean on him about that and say, that's not enough, you can say, because I, I want to leave a better green footprint. You know, you got to cover yourself in these odd ways. The fact is California's turned into a place where, uh, you know, you, you on every hundred million, let's use Joe Rogan. You're going to have to kick them another 15, 15 million is a lot of money. Anybody who says, how much do you need the extra 15 million? Uh, well, 1 million less than 16 and 1 million more than 14. It's $15 million. And you know, Ben's printing money and God knows, you know, every time I see him in the yarmulke and, and thank God that he's one of the few guys who's not tilting the yarmulke to jaunty angle, angle which always like using orthodoxy to get laid or something. At least Ben has laid on there old school. But uh, Ben's probably up. He's got to be worth $100 million or approaching it. These sure. are big considerations. And you're giving it to goofballs out of here. 
You're giving it to people who want to take some of your tax money and put an app together to show you where human shit is in one of the most beautiful American cities. <laughs> That's how crazy it's got. It's absolutely crazy. I, I Believe me, everybody I know out here, including the guy you're looking at on the screen, is thinking about how to get out of here. This is on a downhill run, man. The forest Greeley were alive today. He would meet you in an orange day glow crossing guard belt at the uh, <laughs> at the borders where, where the Donner Party munched each other and say, no, I, I made a mistake with the go west young man. <laughs> head back, <laughs> head into the middle yeah. because, you know, I think everybody should get out to Dallas in some regard. You know, I think there's a big conflagration coming down in this country. I hope, as I said, it turns into a, a breakup party. Uh, as opposed to what it could turn out. And I think everybody knows in their head what it could turn out to be. And I think all the people in Dallas or in Texas, especially San Antonio, if it does break out, they're just going to go down and get all the uh, Santa Ana reenactors and say, guys, we're going to move over here. We're going to point in. We're going we're gonna to move off that far balustrade. Bring it over here. We're going to point in towards Cali because they're coming in droves. Well, our friend uh, Corby, who uh, calls in and leaves a lot of voicemails on the podcast, he chimes in. Please move yourselves to Branson so that I can comment too much in person. And uh, it seems who knew that uh, Yakov Smirnov was way ahead of the curve when he got that theater out there in Branson. Well, Yakov was always a closer, man. Listen, you want to turn into a closer? Live in a communist shithole for a while. You know, say, honey, it's Wednesday. I'm going to go queue up for three hours to get some toilet paper. All this shit about socialism goes out the window at that point. Yakov knew. He got all Glenn Gary with it. And he was a nice guy. Coffee is for closers. Uh, there was a there was a comment in the chat before from uh, Jason Blair wanted to know, uh, you know, we've had uh, Al Michaels on the podcast. used to have him on the radio show. You call him Albino. Do you ha is there anything to him calling you Denview, or is it just kind of a, a, a little nickname that uh, happened over time? Well, I always go to nicknames pretty quickly after I see that somebody's fine with it because I like to tell them I'm fond of them. If I don't give you a nickname, I you know I'm uh, you're just uh, we're we're probably not simpatico. And that's probably the way you want it and the way I want it. I am not exactly the most gregarious person in the world. But if I give you a nickname, it's because I'm fond of you, and I want to express that. I started calling Al uh, Albinus Yamongus at the beginning because he was the uh, he stood astride uh, network football broadcasting like a Latter-day Colossus of Rhodes, and I used to always do that thing where I'd hit my chest and go, Oh, hell, Venus Yamongus! <laughs> And then uh, on the air, I started calling him Venus. I get a call from the league, the front. Are you calling out Penis on the air? And I said, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm, I, I've decided yeah. to get on Monday Night Football in some freakish confluence of events and start referring to the, the lead announcer as Penis on the air. That's what. Uh, that's why I've been sent here from my planet. I said, no, I'm calling him Albinus. And they said, well, it sounds like you're calling him Penis. And I said, I'll call him Albino. And then he started, the, I guess, the O at the end. He wanted to come back because at that point we were just how. And I can't tell you how hard we'd laugh during the commercial breaks. And I've told you that story about the Viking game where on the air I say, oh, I, Chris, I think it was Chris Carter hurts his ankle. I go, oh, I haven't seen that much fabric used. They're wrapping him in a gauze bandage. 
on camera. I haven't seen that much fabric used since the environmental artist Christo wrapped the Pont Neuf Bridge in Paris. And I remember Al hit his sneeze button, which cuts his voice out to the home viewer. He looks at me in the booth. This is my favorite moment in my two years there. And he goes, hey, what the fuck are you talking about? And I hear Olmeyer <laughs> down in the truck. He fancies himself an art aficionado, our producer. And he's there, no, Al Christo, environmental artist, solid reference, solid reference. Okay, boys, third and six, let's go get it. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I wish they'd hear this part of it. So he started calling me Dendu. I just talked to Al two days ago. He, made, he said something in the booth that made me laugh. And I'll actually text him during games. And if it goes to halftime, it, he'll, I could see him eating his piece of pizza. And he'll, he'll get it. And he'll write back uh, during halftime. But he'll say, Dendu, I learned from you. That is what he said the other night. I said, Al, you just made me laugh out loud with that. He said, Dendu, I learned from you. So uh, I don't know. I, he's Albino and I'm Dendu now. Uh, I always thought it was a, it was interesting that uh, you know Monday Night Football. I remember when it was announced, like you know, I I enjoyed obviously SNL and the HBO show, and I'm like, okay, that, that's any comedian that they would think like, okay, we're going to add a comedian to Monday Night Football. And I've heard you talk about it in the way of like, you know, why why wouldn't you take a chance on that? And I think I lost Dennis for a second there. He might need to reconnect. Well, but uh, I take it, we can pick it back up in a second, or should we? Yeah, I'll call uh, you right back. Yeah, call me right back. Yeah, that's fine. So uh, that's all he's got to take, but come back. We'll see him in a minute. We will uh, continue uh, talking until he comes back, though. Uh, Farad Muhammad, and I'm sorry that I mispronounced your name. He saw that Christo passed recently. The main thing I remember was it's a solid reference, and uh, I think that. Uh, Dennis will always appreciate hearing from our friend uh, Farad Muhammad, but I think he might be uh, trying to make a phone call at the moment. So uh, we'll see if we get him back at some point. And yeah, Jason Blair pointing out uh, solo blackcast. This is how it goes sometimes. Look, this is this is so far from the craziest thing that uh, I've ever done in all this time of uh, podcasting. And uh, I appreciate the familiar names and faces that I see in here that are, are black cast friends. Uh, Jacob Downey, I saw this comment. Uh, will the Eagle Dooku again before Christmas? Uh, Jacob, I have no idea what you're talking about. It was so distracting <laughs> to try and figure out what you were meaning. Uh, Corby wanted to know, uh, do you have a nickname for me, Dennis? I will just assume you do, but you don't want to cheapen it by using it on the air. It was interesting what he was saying about that, about the nickname, is that everybody had a nickname on the radio show, and uh, except me. I think he tried to give me a nickname once, and it just didn't stick. So, uh, you know, obviously David Weiss became Salmon because he looked like Salmon Rushdie. And uh, I, uh, I I never took it personally that uh, that I was just uh, Christian. Hello, how are you? Sorry, it was uh, a call, and I told them I'd have to call them back. So I've now set my phone on not ring. I'm sorry that happened, but you know what a luddite I am. But I didn't want to leave that sure. person hanging. But I just said I'm I'm doing the Christian's podcast, and the person who, by the way, lives in Asia Minor, said it's is his 400th, right? I said, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, you could have conferenced them in, but that's all right. This is our special time. Uh, what I was going to say before was uh, Monday Night Football, obviously, I can't imagine anywhere prior to that in your in your career, you're like, you know, I hope that I get to I get to do the uh, FL at some point. But I can't imagine not taking a chance on that. 
And uh, you always speak like you had so much fun because, I mean, even watching at home, it looked like you, uh, Albino, and uh, Fouts were just having a great time, you know, watching football and talking about it. Yeah, I love those two guys. Uh, my error up front, and I look back, and I'm not one of these people who walks away because God knows half the country hated my guts. Half the country liked it, but even the half who liked it thought it was quirky and weird, and it would probably take a while to get used to it. Um, all I know is this. Uh, I saw that they needed an announcer. <laughs> I must have been feeling my oats at that point, Chris. I, I think I'd just come off HBO, and was I hit the ball pretty hard there. I thought, oh, I'll try that. So... Uh, I call Gervitz, uh, my manager, and say, uh, hey, call Olmeyer, I think is the guy. And he knows Olmeyer from NBC. I think uh, he headed up NBC for us. Yeah, I'll give him a call. Tell him, he said, tell him I'd like to audition. So um, I think Olmeyer does it on a lark, but he sets up a game out in North Hollywood on a screen. We go into a big studio, and they've stripped it of its original broadcast. I meet Al, who I don't even know. We go into what passes for a recording booth, and we look up at a big, almost like an IMAX screen, a place where you do post, you know what I mean, where you go in and loop your lines, that sort of thing. Sure, yeah. So we're there, and it's just Al and I, and Olmy's in the booth, and he's, I'm going to play like a half of a game. I think it was the Tennessee game where they had the amazing play at the end with Frank Whitechuck, I believe was his name, and scored a miraculous touchdown at the end of the game, but Al handled that part. He was just screaming. And uh, But uh, the part, I do remember we were laughing so hard in this audition because I couldn't have went in as if it was any more of a lark. And I, I wasn't going to go in and be professorial. I don't know football that well. But but I know it as well as any guy in his undies on the couch does and have a, probably a better memory for old stats than that. I went in and uh, I do remember there was a play that was a flea flicker and the team ran the flea flicker from their opponent's 35-yard line. And the laughs are good, but at this point, Al says to me, uh, what do you make of the flea flicker there, Dennis? And I go, well, you know, I don't know if it makes sense there, because even if they bite, the the uh, DB can catch up because there's not much yardage there. They're trying it from 35. I mean, he, all he has to do is run back 20 yards and he's in the end zone. I mean, you can really get beat on a flea flicker. I might try if it was reversed, if they were on their own 35 and had 65 yards of field in front of them, but... I, it seems like the odds of the game boards down, down there alone makes it a little tighter to pull that on. And I could tell O'Meyer in my ear goes, whoa. I, he at least thought I was uh, thinking. So we yeah. continue to laugh and then uh, I'm splitting and I couldn't have been, I'm not acting cool, but I just said, Olmy, I know what a goat fuck this could be for you. Uh, but thanks for letting me, I had a blast. And Al and I hugged and I said, Albino, I got a feeling we'll be friends for a long time because we laughed so hard. He gave me a big hug. Then the next day, uh, I could tell that Omar's on the other end of the phone. He calls me and he's trying to talk himself into it. He's like, yeah, yeah, this could work. But it's almost like he's doing a Tommy Flanagan with me. And I go, oh, I'm finding the way. I tell you, it's such a roll of the dice. And I said, I know I'm going to be in the crosshairs. I said, if you want to do it, that's fine, brother. Go ahead. If you don't want to do it, I'm good. I thank you for the opportunity. Obviously, I think it would be fun. And uh, let's go from there. He calls me back. He says, hey, come down here, sleep overnight. I'm going to introduce you tomorrow. He's got a guest room. I go down and they introduce me. I get a call from Sports Illustrated immediately, and they go, we want to put you on the cover. And uh, can Dennis Miller say Monday Night Football? I say, I say to the guy, and I always feel good about this because I know my heart and my head. My head wasn't up my ass. It was in the right place. 
I said, oh, man, I don't want to be undercover. You know, it was the end of the summer. I was going up to Marty Short's place in Canada on the lake. And I was kind of, after you get it, you're always flummoxed a little. You go, oh, I can't believe that's weird. My life just changed. Because all of a sudden, you realize how big football is. You're getting calls from everybody on the planet. Excuse me. I'm calling a uh, Chipotle bowl. <laughs> little spilkers. Um I go, you don't want to put me on the cover, man. I look like an idiot uh, if I'm on the cover of that magazine. I said, how's about I do a game and we see if this is yeah, right. a nuclear explosion <laughs> or not. Like I said, it's a cover of Sports Illustrated. I go, I appreciate it. I, I don't want, I, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't want to do the interview. I don't want to do the picture. God go with you. And if, if down the road I'm any good at it, we'll talk. They put me on the next week anyway, and I'm not in the article. I, I, I think they've used some old quotes in, me, in my mind about liking football or maybe even a quote about I don't want to do it. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what's in but there I am on the cover. They took an old picture. I didn't pose for it and just put me in a maybe cufflinks or something, a Monday Night Football stuff. So now I'm thinking, well, at least my karma's clear. I didn't agree to do that. I'm up in Canada. Yeah. I'm, with, I'm with Marty in a newsstand. We're buying butter tarts. And I see my picture on Sports Illustrated. <laughs> oh, this is weird. So I come back and do it, and then you realize how immense uh, uh, a uh, venue that is. Um, and really, I think when I was young, I went to one Pittsburgh Steeler game, maybe as a youth. But I don't even—I I mean, a youth where you don't quite remember if it's a solid memory or an apocryphal memory of Pitt Stadium. The only reason I think it might be a true memory is I think that I remember against the Cardinals, and Jim Bakken kicked seven field goals, which I think was a record for many years. So I think as a kid I might have, but I'd never been to a football game as an adult, except Tony Dorsett gaining 303 yards against Notre Dame, but that was a college game. But Steelers games were sold out for years in advance. You know, that's where I lived uh, for much of my life, and I didn't uh, even go to the games. So all of a sudden, I'm in Monday Night Football in the booth, and you hear da 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 da, da 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 da, and Tagley booth behind me's got his hand on my shoulder. Go get him, kid. I'm looking at Al. I'm thinking, Christ, this is usually where I get my fiddle faddle can out and start eating. I'm in my undies watching this. I'm in the fucking booth, and I go, I wonder <laughs> if I should tell anybody I haven't been to a football game since I was like four, maybe. <laughs> I thought, no, don't tell anybody that. That's not going to end well. <laughs> so I begin to realize how immense it is. And here's my, the only thing I look back on, and I'm not too squeamish about it because uh, you don't know where you, you're on an unexplored path. And I like my two years there. And I, I really don't think about it enough to, you know, I don't have the Brian Dunkelman, uh, oh, American Idol pushed out of harbor. And I was lovely. I, you know, I don't have any of that. I just tried it for a couple of years and had a blast. Made a couple of age-old friends. Uh, I would have fired me, too, the moment Madden said he wanted it. Indeed, you know, <laughs> sure. Fouts and I were picked up for uh, third year. I got paid for it. But I remember saying to the guy, Whack Dance, I said, well, you got to listen. If I'm ever in Hollywood on any given night and I want to do jokes and I go into the improv and John Madden's on stage, they better haul his fat ass off, too. So that's the way the world works. So I take the bull. I'm like, gee, Gordon Liddy, just what corner do you want me on? I'm pretty cool about it. But I did up front have a moment where I got an anxiety attack as I went to do one of my first games and thought you should prepare some jokes because that's what comedians do. You know, I started putting it together like a Tonight Show. In retrospect, I would shoehorn those jokes in periodically. And um, 
listen, you got to go in, Christian. You know, we did radio for years uh, together, and you do three hours a day. And I remember David Brenner told me once, he said, I tried it for a couple months. I was out of material. I, was, I thought, oh, I see. For better or for worse, you got to go in and be loose and roll with it. And I don't yeah. think I was, uh, at the beginning of it, I don't think I was uh, loose at all. I had my, uh, I had people who liked it. But listen, I'm, I'm doing pretty arcane references there about Christo and, you know, uh, the bloodlines between two certain teams being, you know, uh, more overlapped in the Plantagenets. And I don't know, looking back, I probably wasn't long for that job, but I had fun. A uh, couple more things I wanted to ask you about before I let you get uh, back to your afternoon. Uh, one is uh, I, I know that uh, you got to know James Lipton a little bit. Up. What is all that scratching, man? Is that you again with the uh, – um, oh, there, it went away. It must have been your mic or something. Yeah, it probably was the uh, air conditioning coming on. The, uh, the, the James Lipton moment that I wanted to ask you is uh, – about your journey into film, tell us about West, which is your character from uh, Madhouse, which is the first like time you did some acting. And I did have to look up the character name, I have to admit. That. I saw but, uh, it the other night, Chris, and I saw the beginning of it. And I said to my wife, I said, let's, I couldn't even make it to my part because I was wincing so badly, just <laughs> thinking about myself. Because I remember it had these uh, like opening credits that were neon and like those creatures outside of uh, car lots during the Toyota-thon. They were all dancing. It's a madhouse. It's a madhouse. And I remember me just walking off the, the great John Larroquette's shoulder going, but what? But you're saying, and as it got to it, I don't usually get uptight about anything I do in showbiz because it's all a bit of a caprice, but I said, I can't watch this. I'll be so embarrassed. <laughs> I know I'll have a bad mullet, and I know I'll be acting over-eager. You know, I can watch things like Disclosure. I've only had like six or seven films. I can watch a few of them because I remember thinking, okay, I at least mastered not being a sweat act in a film at that point. But I remember Madhouse coming out of the box just until I had that great note from Michael Douglas. I didn't really know what to do. Uh, and I, we were doing Disclosure. I'd never met Mikey. Next thing I know, I'm in his trailer. We're watching Hoops, NBA playoff Hoops. And he's got this great uh, major domo, beautiful guy, older cat. He, he would, uh, you know, I get a martini. Mike's got his drink. Sudsy Sutherland comes to Donald Sutherland from his trailer because it's uh, in between periods in a hockey game. I'm thinking, now this is what starting feels like. I'm sitting in the trailer with Pinkley from the Dirty Dozen and Gecko, and we're getting drunk before. Not dry. I, I don't want to say we're loosening up having a libation before we do our next scene, watching hoops in an air-conditioned trailer that was just on, but it made Lucy and Ricky's in the long, long trailer look like a photo hut or something. So we're, we're sitting there, and I say to Michael, I go, listen, what, do I, what am I supposed to do here? Well, I don't know anything about acting. Is there something I got to do? And he, he looked at me and said, listen, uh, we're best friends in this, office friends, right? I go, yeah. He said, what are friends do in the office? I go, well, I try to make each other laugh behind the powers that bees back. He said, great, do that. And just hit the last few words of the line as written so I know it's my turn. And we'll go from there. It was just such a great note. And ever since then, I got a little cooler with acting. But at the beginning, you're just thinking, okay, I guess I have to be something different. So I'd come on, 
you know, like they said, Larry, you can't got me crazy. Well, how long's the escrow? <laughs> John, you don't understand. This is a no, madhouse, an actual no, madhouse. Yeah, uh, look, as uh, and I, I've mentioned this to you before, as someone who spent money to see Bordello of Blood in the theater, uh, I, I think that the reason it works on any level is because you just went in and were like, okay, I'm going to be Dennis Miller if I happened to be a private detective who hunted vampires, you know? I wrote most of that part because I, you know, I just remember saying to the guy, I think what happened is a minor Baldwin fell out at the last minute. Uh, maybe Zeppo. And uh, I think Sly and Angie are together at that point. They're watching me, and I have a killer Letterman or Tonight Show. And I think they're laughing, and uh, Angie's in the film, and they know that. And Joel Pollock, uh, Joel Pollock, and uh, Sly are besties. And I think she's thinking, well, who, whoever it was fell out, Zuppa Baldwin. Who should we get? And Sly says, this kid's funny. So I think Sly calls Joel. <laughs> and they call and offer me the part. And I'm hitting the ball hard right then on Dennis Miller on HBO. I don't want to do the part, but I keep bitting it up. And not that I don't do it. I'm embarrassed. It sounded fun. It's just I was working. And I said, oh, God, this is good. I, I'm not one of those people like Michael J. Fox that can leave family ties, sleep for an hour and a half on the car on the way to Spawn Ranch, and then, uh, you know, do Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. And then head back the next day to do a table read for the next step. I, I just don't have that in me. I don't have that. I don't burn to do that. So I said to them, listen, um, how long is the shoot? I think I had 30 shooting days. And that was going to take three of my HBO shows. I said, uh, if you get me a private plane at Santa Monica Airport. Is that, yeah, that's where I was closest from CBS Television City. Uh, I'll go there after Friday night's live show and get in the plane and I'll shoot Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I got to be back by Wednesday. So they were able to do it. Uh, but, um, I, you know, halfway through, I said to the guy, not halfway, halfway through my first day, I should say, I said, listen, why don't I just roll the dice? And can I just take these lines and Dennis Billikerize them? And I remember I had a thing with uh, Chris... Uh, Sarandon, who was a super cool cop. And I remember saying to him, uh, I, I was trying to solicit, uh, I was trying to elicit whether or not there was something weird going on with his megachurch and uh, his whorehouse and all that. And I was pitching a conspiracy theory to him. And I do remember looking at him and going, uh, listen, I want this to sound too uh, Duchovnian. Now, right away, I sort of ripped the script. It wasn't a, I had taken a real world reference and kind of a funny one. It's out, the truth is out there. And said Duchovnian, and I could see Sarandon laughed a little, and the director laughed a little after, and he said, just run with that instinct. So I kind of uh, extemporaneized, if that's how you say that, the, uh, the the rest of my part. And But at the end of it, I knew I didn't want to be an actor. I, I just, I, it's, um, but for better or for worse, you get spoiled by stand-up, and it's so dangerous, and it can go askew in a second. And I dug that juice, man. I'm pretty fearful in most aspects of my life, but my one Walter Mitty thing was I feel like the old Brenner bot in Westworld when I'm on that stage doing stand-up. And I like that it can go horribly wrong. I don't need a seventh take. The adrenaline I get from knowing I'd go down in flames keeps me on the beam. I dug that action, and after doing that film, 
I thought, man, you shouldn't do these because you're coming in too many days, either exhausted or cranky or saying, can we rap? And these people, this is their stand-up. And you're being an asshole, not being differential to their stand-up. So I, I think that was the last big part I did. I did a couple other things because I admired Danny Kelly and I had a chance to do something on a TV show with that Chai McBride guy, and he was super great. Christ, you talk about what a good actor is. Just sitting in the scene with him, I thought, oh, you know how they always talk about that stuff on Lipton show or TCM? And you say, oh, Columbus sounds like such rabbit jabba. But if the guy is inhabiting it to you and opening up to you and looking you right in the eye and immersing you in the moment, I can't tell you, that guy was beautiful, man, Chai McBride. I had a long scene with him in his classroom where I had to be overly earnest and the sardonic part of me is thinking, oh, God, I don't even know if I'll be good earnest. And he uh, led me into earnest through just his uh, connection with me. It's pretty trippy. And, you know, I'm not a serial about showbiz, Christmas, but I'm telling you, it was pretty, pretty trippy. Yeah, it's always interesting when you can see somebody that is, you know, an actor with a capital A. I mean, I, of course, I always shoot things through the sci-fi prism, but, uh, you know, there's this awful Star Wars Christmas special, and it's just so bad from 1978. But you see Harrison Ford in it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Han Solo right there. Everybody else is terrible. But he's like, no, I know this is a piece of shit, but he's still committed to it, you know? And it's, uh, it definitely, you definitely notice it just uh, when somebody is like, well, I'm going to put, a, I'm going to do this the same way as if it was actually really well written, I suppose, you know? I remember I took my kid to Comic Con once and I get off at this private terminal. I rented a plane and flew us down. We were splitting. Uh, the new Star Wars was just about to rev back up. It's the biggest thing in the history. For me, my generation, the Beatles, it's the Beatles of the next generation. It's the biggest thing in the world, and they've announced it's coming back. You remember when this happens, and uh, and that Harrison's going to be in one of them. I, I don't know it like you do, the discography, but uh, it's the rebirth of it. Um, I'm, I get to the FBO, the private terminal, and uh, my kid goes into the bathroom. I'm standing there in the hall. Harrison comes in from his plane. He's coming into Comic-Con. And I go, Harrison, he goes, Dennis. I go, I just came from over there, brother. Get ready. It is, it's like the burning man of Star Trek, or Star Wars. And he goes, uh, you're kidding. <laughs> I go, what are you doing? I said, you fucking Han Solo. I said, every second kid over there is a Wookiee. Or in a pair of boots with a laser sword, for Christ's sake, brother! You, you, I said, you cannot even imagine what you're about to walk into. <laughs> and it was just so funny that the, the guys were actually in it. He's on solo. He goes, "How is it?" And I, I tell him, "I goes, you're kidding." <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I want to get two more uh, listener viewer questions in before I let you go. Uh, Cami Egan wants to know if if you can think of one influence on you when you first started doing stand up, you know, whether it was somebody famous or uh, somebody that uh, was local who kind of gave you a break. Who who stands out when you think back to starting stand up? If there was an inspiration or just somebody who gave you a, a helping well, hand? Well, two guys. Leno was such a pragmatist, and he kept me grounded, and he said. Uh, I said, you know, I moved to L.A., found me my first apartment. I said, Jay, I'm scared shitless. He said, uh, I said, it just looks like so many people are trying this. And, I, you know, he said, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Jay's so funny. He said, I know the road looks crowded now, but I'm telling you, just stay in the center of the road because a lot of people crash out on the barrel. A lot of blow, a lot of women problems. 
lot of ego. He's like, I guarantee you it's like a backstage in a horse race. Just stay, keep it a gallop. He's going to open up, which is great. And then one night before I, Jay, Jay ever brought me to L.A. or helped me to L.A., um, when I was thinking of doing it, I was in New York, and I went to Catch, and Belzer at Catch in the late 70s was about as perfect. He was like Robert uh, Osborne was on TCM, uh, as somebody perfectly fit the milieu. Belzer inhabited the milieu. It was just so powerful to watch. I often thought it must be like seeing Nichols and May at the Carlisle or something, where they're just pounding it. And Belzer ruled with a dark presence and a strong whip hand, as they say in the horse racing trade. And uh, I remember getting it halfway through where I thought he was killing and he was not being nice to them. Up to that point, I always thought of it like Carlin on the Sullivan show. Carlin was always on there dressed up in a band suit, like, hey, guys, hey, man. And then, you know, he found pot, and he comes out the next day, and he looks like, uh, you know, Peter Coyote and a dashiki. You know, he's all laid out. And all of a sudden, Carlin, Carlin, Carlin's born. And when I watched Belzer, I had been the sucky kiss-ass comic my whole uh, career up to that point, which was minimal. I got this message pretty early on, but it went off like a thunderbolt in my head where I thought, oh, they don't want you to be an ass kisser. They want you to be good at it. And then if you can mix in a little indifference, it's intoxicating. You're the one stepping up to a low stage and seeking lighting and amplification. Flourish the cape, brother. Work close to the horn. Don't be a jerk off. So Belzer was important. I I uh, worked on uh, Law and Order SVU, which was the one that Belzer was on, and uh, he it didn't really change. So they would, you know, they would do the cast read-throughs, and there's this actor Chris Maloney from that show, who is a very good actor, but he would have questions about every single one of his lines, and Belzer, you could see, just wanted to, you know, get get to his trailer and have lunch, and it was just like every time he said something, it was just this long pause, and Belzer was like. Can I read my line now? You know, just sort of very like, you know, what what do, what do you think you're doing here? This is Law and Order SVU. It, it's not Shakespeare in the Park. Can can we just move well, on now? Belzer you know, was exhibiting what I was feeling about movies right there. You you get yeah. the you get the pace of stand up mainlined into you, the danger and all that, and then like Tom Sizemore said, and he you know for me the action is the juice. And when you're dejuiced and you're sitting around a table reading, somebody's on their third Trisket and Bree asking <laughs> their character when he's teenager, you want to go, the fuck are you talking about? Uh, and the final question, uh, because I, the reason I like doing live stuff like this is you get stuff like this. Uh, Harv, Harv P. Karch wants to know, do you believe in aliens? Um... Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm not sure we believe in illegal aliens, but aliens, sure. <laughs> I I believe in the uh, 1986 James Cameron aliens. I absolutely believe that. Uh, and uh, Corby says he loves watching us together. Well, Dennis, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, help me commemorate 400 uh, black casts. Uh, it, uh, it, it it always means a lot when you're able to uh, take uh, some time out and join Black Cast Nation, as they're known. Christian, you know I love you. I just want you to know that. You're important to me. I know we goof around a lot. You know how fond I am of you, how, how you've always been there for me. I've only sat with a couple other cats 
who are as adroit or roll with it or ad lib or think in the moment who never deny sitting with you is the closest thing I've ever had to sit with somebody who I know is going to make me laugh uproariously, stay cool and be humble since uh, Shanley, when he used to do the tonight show and I'd go out and sit wow. in that room with Shanley. That's the last time I felt I was wingman for somebody as good as you are. So I love you. Well, I, I love you too. And I will say that uh, career wise, it's been great knowing you, but I met my wife on your CNBC show so without you, who knows where my life would be. You know, she, she worked <laughs> on the show and uh, that's 16 years ago. So without you, I might not even ever have met my wife. So thank you for that. Christ, you'd be Biden's VP if you hadn't met me. I got a rock. All right. Thank you, Dennis. That is Dennis Miller. Uh, I always appreciate him taking the time here. And I know that some of you are still uh, in the live chat and you had questions for Dennis. Uh, if you want to chat a little bit more, you can ask me about that show. You can ask me about the Dennis Miller option. Uh, anything that you'd like to talk about. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's there. Uh, I realize that the big draw has, has gone. Elvis has left the building. But We've been doing the black cast for, believe it or not, seven years now. So that is how, well, seven plus, that's how we ended up with 400 episodes. And uh, it's crazy to think about it. You know, it really just started as a thing that we would do after the radio show. And, uh, you know, the on Sirius XM, the, uh, Howard Stern has his own channel. And there would be these shows where people would talk about the radio show. And I'm like, I can do that. I don't know if I can host a radio show. I can talk about it. So I thought that like, oh, maybe people would want to hear what it's like to make the show. And then literally we did one show. It was a half hour. And I think after that, we we very rarely talked about the radio show because uh, it, it was fun. Uh, you know, Raging, uh, Raging Rhino has a question. Give us a secret origin of Chimp Doctor. Uh, you know, I am under strict orders that uh, Chimp Doctor can never appear on camera. So you might need to leave a voicemail for the Dennis Miller option to uh, get that on there. But, you know, look, we got this comment right here uh, from J Mark D who, who, and uh, that, that basically I'm doing sort of like if Christopher Walken did a line read for a chimp doctor, who, who, that was terrible. Cause the only thing I can do is Christopher Walken is basically take other people's impression. Uh, Kevin Pollack has a great one and all I can really do. Uh, uh, and so many people do the Christopher Walken impression and who, who is basically all I can do there uh, as that. And, and basically an occasional, you know, Hey, little man, his monologue in Pulp Fiction is some of my favorite acting that I've ever seen it, when he's talking to the little boy who ends up being Bruce Willis's character. And he tells this whole story. Uh, he kept it in his ass. And uh, I don't know. I mean, look, uh, Christopher Walken is, is one of the greats and uh, uh, yeah. And, and Jason Blair makes the point. Chimp doctor cannot be on the screen. This is the way Jason Blair. I know you'll have to uh, head out in a few minutes cause you have to pick up the kids at school and uh for those that don't know Jason that well, he has triplets. So the idea that his kids are out of the house uh, is uh, definitely something that I'm sure is very comforting to him. I only have two kids. And uh, when they started going back to school in the middle of August, uh, the fact that you hear that, that silence in my house, this is not something that we had from March through mid August. It's not what we had at all, but uh uh, Christopher Walken, please get him on your show. Oh my God. Would I love to have Christopher Walken, uh, on with Dennis. Uh, I think he only hosted SNL one time that Dennis was there, but 
what a what a weird eclectic guy because if you've ever seen any of the christopher walken episodes of snl and i don't think he's done it in a while but he did the uh the he's in the cowbell sketch the the blue oyster cult i I gotta have more cowbell i got a fever and the only solution is more cow yeah exactly sandra points it out yeah sandra and sandra it's great to see you uh i i can't say that i know you from the black cast or listening to the dennis miller option so it's uh, always nice to see new names in there uh jason kind of gives us a little bit of the follow-up that the kindergarten is a block away life is so easy now humble painter so good to see our friend humble painter wants to know when you're going to create black cast merchandise like a christian bobblehead Look, it's the same reason. Uh, oh, and Corby wants to know if he can get a direct link to Chimp Doctor. Yes, you can call 866-509-7268. You can, <laughs> you can schedule a, virtu- a virtual visit. Uh, and, you know, Dennis isn't hearing this, Corby, so you should save this, that you have a sebaceous cyst that is causing irritation to your epidermis. You should save that for a voicemail. I won't tell Dennis that we already used it on Blackcast 400 because he's out now, you know? Uh, so... Let's see what uh, Cammy Egan says. I would have loved to have seen Dennis taking and getting shots from Don Don Rickles and watching a crack up. I mean, there Don Rickles was on Dennis's uh, HBO show, and I'm just watching it as a fan at home. This is when I was in college, and Rickles was fucking amazing. And he he sits down and Dennis says, "Don, how's it going?" And he's like, "Well, I'm on this piece of shit, aren't I?" And so right there from that moment, you're like, "Oh yeah, Rickles is still Rickles." I took my wife to see uh, Rickles in Vegas and uh, I was so glad that I got to see him. And it's like, it's what you expect, but he also likes to sing and dance and uh, you know, so uh, it, it was, uh, it was great to, to see, you know, there's a, there's a few performers that I wish I'd seen Prince is way up on that list, but I'm so glad that I got to see uh, Don Rickles. Uh, and uh, Jason does make a point. Chimp doctor does not charge a copay. All medical questions should go to eight, six, six, five, Oh nine rant. See, that's the thing. So uh, in any case, uh, I thought that uh, it, it was definitely fun of uh, Dennis to call in and uh, he thought it was going to be a phoner, but uh, like a trooper, he's like, great, let me just go sit in the car and, uh, and Je- Oh, Hey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Allen, Carol Borisco. Boy, I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I see your name all the time on Facebook. Uh, I appreciated the conversation. Thanks for getting him to uh, to to uh, be on the show. Yeah, I try not to ask him too much, in all honesty. Uh, it, it had literally been four years since the last time I had him on. I thought he'd think it was funny if I had him on episode 201. And I think he thought it was less funny than I did. So I was like, all right, well, then when 400 rolls around, Humble Painter asks a great question. Do you have a dentist doll, Christian? Yes, I do. Um, remind me. Send me a message, Humble Painter. Uh, I will uh, post a photo of it. Uh, it. It's down in the back of the garage. Somebody uh, mailed it to me uh, that was a fan of the radio show. And I think I have the um, the uh, R-rated version that swears. I wish that you had sent that question beforehand because then I would have remembered to go get it and I would have shown it to Dennis and that would have made him feel very uncomfortable. But uh, that's all right. It's, it's always fun. Uh, and... I think that uh, Jason Blair wants to talk about Felix's drawing on drawings on the wall. How do you decide which ones make the cut? Uh, the turkey is from like three Thanksgivings ago. So let's just say the uh, the output is not uh, Picasso's blue period. That's a really mean thing to say about my son, but uh, I hope that uh, you appreciate it. Uh, Cam Egan, questions from me. I love this. How long did you work on Law & Order SVU? The uh, joke answer, 
much too long. But uh, I worked on the production side in New Jersey for two years, and then I worked in the writer's office for a year uh, non-consecutively. The writer's office based here in Los Angeles. Uh, so uh, a lot of great people on that show. Uh, and, uh, you know, being around Belzer, uh, I do have a photo that I took at my last rap party with Ice-T because when else was I going to get a picture with Ice-T, you know? Uh, it, it was a fun show to work on in a lot of ways. Uh, it. It's not my kind of TV. Uh, I don't. I, I haven't watched it other than when I worked there. But I look. I think that they certainly did a good job tackling issues that, especially if you think about the fact that it was 1999, uh, issues that weren't on TV very much. I think they did a great job. Uh, you know, just sort of addressing some of those things. Uh, and we. Uh, oh, John Webster says have Lindsay on. Uh, I'll let you know, John Webster that uh, Lindsay has actually been on the black cast a couple of times, but I was thinking that it, we're way past time. Uh, the last time she was on was the black cast Christmas party. And there were a couple of cocktails that night. So uh, I think that uh, she was very nervous about how she sounded on that. But um, honestly, I've, I've only seen her like three times <laughs> since March because we don't do the show together anymore. We usually do it remotely uh, on our computers the way I'm doing it now. Uh, and, oh, Jacob Downey finally wanted to explain that joke that just got in my head and I didn't understand. He wanted to, he was asking if the government Eagle will relieve its stimulus into our bank accounts again before the end of the year. Dude, I had no idea what you were saying. There were some good other jokes in there that uh, I didn't get to see. Uh, and then uh, J. Mark has a good joke. Is Rickle still the bench coach for the Yankees? Yeah, Don Zimmer looked exactly like <laughs> Don Rickles. Farad Muhammad, you didn't see Rickles. He had to play Chicago at least once a year. What are you doing, Farad? That's all right. I mean, look, if you think about the people that you have seen, you uh, you 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 know take it that way. And you've seen Dennis Miller film multiple uh, comedy specials. Uh, Jacob Down, Jacob Lee Downey, uh, tell people where to find your channel and your show. Uh, what do you get when you add salt to your tea? Salt tea. Uh, and I love that Sandra's still here. Got to listen to different views like Jesse Jackson, Hillary Clinton, Trump. Uh, most whoever just lied. I'm actually not sure what that was. Uh, you mean. Oh, you mean Lindsay laughed more than usual? Uh, yeah, Lindsay's fantastic. Uh, it, it's a great dynamic to have a voice like that. If you were a fan of the old radio show, we loved when we would have Sarah, uh, Sarah Ricard, Sarah DMZ would be in studio. She usually worked from home at a time where people didn't really work from home. This is, this is a time way back in like 2011, 2012, but, uh, having another laugh in the studio, having a female laugh in the studio really just, uh, adds something else to it. And uh, it's very funny because uh, there's a lot of times where Lindsay adds the perspective of, uh, of a young woman in her 30s, which is, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. And, you know, uh, it's nice because uh, she does a great job on always making me uh, uh, feel old. Uh, I thought that uh, we're, we're getting uh, J. Mark saying, I regret not going to see Farad, but Farad will be everywhere. Just you wait. And uh, Farad, when there's time for uh, stand-up to happen again, I think uh, you should give it another go. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, who here that's still in the, ch in the chat, and I think a lot of you are, and I really appreciate it, who amongst you would enjoy watching a comedy show uh, in these ways? One, on Zoom, uh, where it's not just like one-on-one -on -one with a comedian, where it's an actual like Zoom show. Uh, two, at a drive-in, that's happened. 
or just a, a stage outdoors. I know uh, friends in New York who've done shows that are just outdoors. And honestly, you can actually get more people out there. Uh, but um, I've gone to the drive-in to the movies, as I've talked a lot about. I saw Tenet, New Mutants, uh, always itching to go to the drive-in. I, I grew up going to the drive-in, but I don't know about uh, seeing uh, a comedy show at the drive-in, you know, from the car. Uh, if it, if it's like there's tables outside, uh, I, I I can see that, but uh, I don't know. And I feel like for comics, like doing comedy into into Zoom is uh, oh, it just has to be awful. Great question from Andy Berrigan. My memory is terrible. When did the radio show go away? My memory is even worse. I don't remember. No, uh, 2015. We did the radio show from 2007 to 2015. Uh, Dennis and I. And uh, previous to that, I worked with him in 2004, 2005 on the CNBC show. And uh, each of those times, I just kind of figured that I probably wouldn't get a chance to work with him again. But even when we didn't work together, we would keep in touch. Just, you know, I'll send him jokes that are uh, very inappropriate that I can't share with anyone else that I know would make him laugh. And uh, I've been very lucky to get to work with him for a few times. And uh, I didn't want to make him super uncomfortable, but uh, when I was a kid, uh, I was in middle school and I was, you know, you're trying to figure out what do you want to do when you grow up. And I, I would watch SNL and I'm like, Oh, I want to be that guy. I want to do the news on Saturday night live. So basically I grew up thinking I want to be Dennis Miller, but this is what I tell, tell people on the rare occasion that they allow me to speak to a, a room of college students, uh, even on zoom, I will say like, you should always manage what your expectations are for your career because, uh, I clearly was never going to grow up to being Dennis Miller, but I grew up writing jokes and, uh, co-hosting various shows with him. You know, uh, we're getting some feedback on this. Uh, I think, uh, Kemi Egan, which I really appreciate, uh, how supportive you are of all the shows that I do here on the black cast YouTube channel. We had a fun Marvel movie movie talk today. Uh, I think via Zoom or drive-in would be great. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and Farad would rather do the outdoor drive-in shows. Zoom puts the audience about three to four seconds in the past. That's a great point. So you get a joke and you're like, oh, that one died. And then you move on to the next joke and then you're here. <laughs> but like in a very staticky kind of more like <laughs> something like that. But Farad, I know you went to actual comedy show in Vegas. So you've been to see comedy uh, more recent than a lot of us uh, uh, have. Uh, Jacob says that uh, they should do all do the the Dennis Miller option podcast while drinking. You know, Dennis isn't a big drinker. I'm not saying he doesn't drink. I don't. I, I clicked off my microphone instead of Jacob's con, uh, comment. Clearly, I cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, I would say that. Uh, you know, Dennis, it's not that Dennis doesn't drink, but he's not like a regular drinker. So I can't imagine him thinking that would be fun. Um, it would be fun if, uh, if Lindsay and I were to maybe, you know, connect ourselves like this and we, we did some kind of group drinking game or something. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just coming up with the idea now. So let's, uh, try and put our heads together and, uh, try and do it and all drinking black cast, but everybody in the chat will also have to be drinking too. Uh, so, uh, obviously if you're in recovery or anything like that, uh, I, I guess, uh, don't watch that show because I, I don't want the, uh, the, the guilt associated with all of that. Uh, oh my gosh. And Marianne, Marianne says, sorry, I'm late for the party. The party's still happening, but Dennis isn't here. And I'm sure that's really what you wanted, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Raging Rhino is, uh, willing to take the risk when it comes to going to see, uh, comedy. Uh, yeah, I kind of get that, you know, um, 
Well, there's a lot of comments that I missed. Sorry, everybody. I'm going to have to uh, get some of these in here. But uh, I look, and it's great that everybody, so many people are still here. I honestly expected as soon as Dennis's picture clicked off, I can see the number of how many people are watching. I was like, okay, it's going to be down to like negative four in like four seconds. But uh, I'm very appreciative that people are still interested in talking. We know Jason Blair had to go get his kids. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, Corby says, I want a cameo service where I pay to have Dennis come to my house and tell me jokes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that you could get Dennis come to your house and tell you jokes, but I think that, and not necessarily Dennis, but I think getting one-on-one -on -one interaction with comedians for uh, a top dollar, I mean, that's basically what Patreon is. You know, I, I think that uh, we're very close to that model, depending on how much touring of uh, stand-up comedy there is, I think that uh, you might see more and more options like that. Uh, I think it's time to say, screw the government. We are humans and need to see and touch each other. Sandra Larson Gonzalez. I, uh, I think I agree with that in principle. I think that uh, there are certainly exceptions. I think that, uh, you know, you have your elderly, you have high risk people. I, I have friends that have very unique conditions that are just, just afraid of going outside in, in a way that isn't as unnatural as it might seem. So I think that for the most part, people can probably be together, but, uh, I, I don't know. I think that, uh, it, it really depends on where you are. Uh, there's a, uh, Obviously, everybody knows Dr. Fauci, but uh, there is uh, another doctor who I actually get. I'm on his like text blast. His name's Dr. David Agus, and uh, he will actually sometimes answer your questions. And so I thought I would see what he thought about going to the movie theater, which is something I wanted to transition to talking about. And surprisingly, I heard back from him and he said it's less about being in the movie theater than it is about what the infection rate is in the area that you're in. So the act of sitting in a movie theater is a reasonably safe one. But if you're somewhere like just hypothetically, say you're in midtown Manhattan in mid-May, that would not have been a good time to be indoors with all of those people. But uh, then, of course, the advice is always if you're going to be indoors at a movie theater, uh, you should wear your mask. And I go to eat the popcorn. So uh, that's why I go to the drive-in because to go to the drive-in, all I have to do is uh, just swing by Sonic beforehand and uh, fill up the car with all of my snacks and everything. Although here in Los Angeles, you're starting to get movie theaters that are actually doing little pop-up, uh, pun intended, I guess. You can get just popcorn to go. And uh, I think I'm going to do it tomorrow because uh, it's just right down the street. And I'm like, the movie theaters aren't going to be open anytime soon. But man, do I miss uh, movie theater popcorn because... We made popcorn to watch uh, Toy Story with the kids. They had never seen it. And uh, when you make the popcorn, and I'm talking like not microwave. This is like with the popper, you put the butter on and and, and it was good. But man, it, it just doesn't even come close. And it is too bad that uh, Jason Blair ducked away because I know that he, he and his kids have gone to see a few movies since they've reopened in uh, Austin. Uh, J. Mark, I wanted to comment on the fact that you still have your DMZ bathrobe quality i also have a dmz bathrobe um and again if i was thinking i could have worn that for this um i will have to disagree on the quality of it though uh i i wish that maybe it was a little nicer i also have uh tonight show with jay leno bathrobe uh from uh, the first time that jay did the tonight show and uh, dennis was on as a guest and he didn't want it 
and I think he didn't want his publicist to take it home. He asked me if I wanted it. So uh, I still have that. Now, that is a very nice bathroom. But I live in Los Angeles. My wife doesn't understand the concept of a robe. She doesn't understand why you would wear it. You know, it's like, well, you know, for after you get it out of the shower, she's like, yeah, don't you just get dressed? I'm like, yeah, but you're cold. So it's nice to sometimes have uh, some of those differences that you uh, run into there. And uh, let's see. So to Sandra's comment, uh, Humble Painter uh, wants to know what kind of touching. So that's always uh, fun to hear. Uh, but uh, uh, Sandra realized that she shouldn't have said touching. She should have said hug. Yeah, it's nice to get a hug. Look, uh, the first time that I went into the radio show to, to uh, sorry, I went into the studio to do the podcast for the first time in a while, uh, I, I, I hadn't seen Lindsay in like five months. And, uh, you know, we had, we were in front of microphones. So of course we didn't have masks on at that point before I left. I was just like, I'm, I'm just I'm just letting you know, I'm going to come and give you a hug right now because I hadn't seen her in so long. And it was very surreal. Like I didn't think it was going to make me so emotional to go to work, but, um, I, I actually like teared up a little bit when I saw her for the first time. Cause it's like, you know, you see somebody, I mean, I, I usually only see her two days a week, but I hadn't seen her in so long and, and we text so much. Uh, so uh, I, I get it. There's something to be said for that. And uh, David Hines likes hearing and seeing me and Dennis together. I do too. Uh, I, I have, uh, I, I have a lot of fun uh, getting the chance to talk to Dennis. And that's a crazy thing. Growing up as a fan of Dennis Miller. I mean, his off white album, his first comedy album which i have on cassette thank you very much on cassette is so funny and it, it like there were jokes that friends uh, of mine and i would recite to each other and still refer to once in a while you know uh dennis even talks about this joke that he had in there that he did on a letterman set that uh he doesn't like the train because he doesn't trust any form of transportation that the general public has access to the brakes. And he says something along the lines of, uh, I, 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 I didn't want to go off the rails because Gus thought he saw a woodchuck. And anybody who's a fan of Letterman and Fraud knows what I'm talking about. The words Gus and Woodchuck are exactly the sort of thing that would make uh, Letterman laugh. And uh, just continuing on in this part of the conversation, J. Mark uh, meant to say it's time that, uh, you know, oh, he's making a joke. Uh, she meant, I think it's time to say, see the government. We are humans and need to screw and touch each other. So uh, that's why she amended it to hug. Because, see, Marianne, you came in for everything to uh, get uh to get down in the gutter uh and uh Kami egan i was pissed that i missed most of marvel movie talk today because of work meetings well Kami egan and everybody else you should all know that marvel movie talk can always be found on the black cast youtube channel b-l-a-d-t-c-a-s-t uh corby piet uh piet i don't even know how to say your last name corby when he uh tuned into the radio show that day and it was old clips i thought it was odd then for the next several days, I held out hope. After that, I fell into a depression. Uh, yeah, I had recently found out that my wife was uh, pregnant. So imagine how depressed uh, you were. Think about how I was <laughs> when I'm like, oh, wait, I don't have a job anymore. Um, and, you know, look, J. Mark makes this point. I think anybody that works on Zoom remotely doesn't want to do anything there on, on, their, uh, on their free time, which uh, I can't disagree with. 
Uh, it's kind of like doing the old radio show. Uh, the last thing I ever wanted to listen to was, uh, was other political talk just was not interested, you know? Uh, so I would listen, <laughs> I listened to a lot of, uh, Jim Rome at that point. I would listen to sports talk, uh, because something about like, I actually wasn't ready to listen to music yet. Uh, so, uh, so there's uh, some great conversations happening here and we will wrap this up soon because I can't, I can't take up more than an hour of your time. Or, or I mean a little bit, but, uh, Farad knows that, uh, his Letterman reputation precedes him, which is absolutely true. Uh, and then a comment that I think Farad would appreciate VR cameras are $300. Someone donate so we can watch the black cast in VR. Uh, Farad, I feel like a good, VR camera is more than $300. You tell me if, uh, if that's accurate, you know? Uh, so yeah, J Mark says, I, I, I wouldn't have, sorry, I'm trying to bring the concept. Uh, J Mark says, uh, Oh, <laughs> Marianne says I like gutter snipes. So that's good. But J Mark, the comment I meant to click on, says, I would not have written that if I knew Marianne was here. Uh, David Hines wanted to know if Dennis was sitting in his barn. Hopefully it was very far away. You know, Dennis literally has a barn uh, on his property. It's where his office is. And that's where he does the podcast from. And uh, this is what everybody tuned in for, to make sure that uh, we know that it's, it's Corby Pyatt, which I think that there's a Lieutenant Pyatt in uh, Empire Strikes Back, just in case you had any doubt. What a tremendous nerd that I was. Uh, and uh, Kami Egan was talking about WandaVision. Uh, for, if you're a Marvel fan, that show looks like it's going to be amazing. I realize that not everybody is. Uh, so, uh, But I, for one, am uh, very excited to see that show. But let us know, what are you looking forward to talking about? And who do you want to talk to in the near future? You know, let us know all of these things. Uh, little uh, housekeeping, by the way, that uh, this is Blackcast 400. Uh, the audio version of this will combine this conversation with a little bit from uh, Will and Jeff uh, when that's posted. Uh, we're going to actually have, I think we're going to have audio Blackcasts every day next week. Uh, we've got this one, 401, 400, and 401, the video for which is actually already posted with a, a musician named Damon Johnson, a conversation I had yesterday, but I had to post it today because he's promoting something that's on Friday. So the uh, for those of you that are subscribed to the Blackcast YouTube channel, you're kind of getting a lot of this stuff uh, earlier than it goes out as podcasts. Uh, sometimes you'll see I'll post an interview that I actually don't use for three, four weeks or something. So I uh, highly recommend suggesting that all of you, <laughs> I recommend suggesting that you uh, subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube page and uh, you can get shows like this and uh, Marvel movie news that we're uh, talking about, you know? So um, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Cammy Egan, no more porch chats with Sal. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. We will do more porch chats with Sal. But what we're actually going to do is uh, we're going to preview the uh, the Major League Baseball postseason, which is uh, about to begin on Tuesday or Wednesday. I forget. But we're going to uh, have a conversation, Salman, myself, and my friend Melissa, uh, and uh, Jacob Downey. Thank you for letting people know where they can find the audio versions, uh, SoundCloud slash Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Raging Rhino loves Damon Johnson. Great 
conversation that I had with him. I talked to him for almost an hour and uh, he appreciated that I took so much time. Uh, you will hear that in the course of 57 minutes, Damon Johnson became a Christian Blatt fan. So that's the important thing to know. And uh, David Hines clearly keeping track of the black cats because he knows that uh, Melissa is definitely going to talk about how many box there were this season. Uh, now we're starting to have the people go away. John Webster says, good show over and out from Scranton PA. I've, uh, I've never been to Scranton proper, but I had a girlfriend who had extended family from Wilkes bar. And I, I thought it was Wilkes Berry. I still don't know how to say it, but a uh, beautiful part of, uh, uh, of of Pennsylvania, and I was very distracted. Oh no no, Marianne is dancing in the Star Trek anniversary video. Trekkies raised seventy five thousand dollars for this wor worldwide event. Uh, well, that's great. I mean, first of all, you said Star Trek, so every everything in there sounds pretty amazing. Uh, Kame Egan says, being a Chicagoan, I'm excited about the possibility of a Cubs versus uh, Sox World Series. Uh, you're probably on the short list of that. As excited as I was in 2000 for the Subway Series, Mets and Yankees, I realized that most people weren't. That was not something that they were very excited about. You know, if we ever got an Angels-Dodgers World Series, I don't know how excited people would be. Although, let's be fair, uh, Giants A's, the uh, the Earthquake World Series, uh, that, that see, that was a pretty good one. Um, and, and the thing that I love here is that Corby says, I'm not leaving. You can end the broadcast, but you can't make me leave. That's the best part about Corby. Corby Pyatt. He's going to uh, just continue. Uh, and uh, J. Mark says, uh, pulling for the Mets, hate the Phillies, and hope they don't get in. Marlins currently half game ahead of Philly for second in the NL East. Yeah, there's, a, there's so many teams making the playoffs this year, but I've come to terms with the fact that the Mets are not going to be one of them. And uh, that's always a little bit disappointing. But uh, so let's see. What else are we going to get? So next week. Uh, you're going to get more episodes of the black cast. You are going to get uh, the audio version of this. That'll have uh, a little bit with uh, Will and Jeff that I'm going to splice in at the end. You'll get uh, episode 401 with Damon Johnson, and you'll also get the MLB playoff preview and uh, a conversation. Another conversation that I had with David Ellison from Megadeth, which is actually very cool. Uh, and, uh, so there will be five audio episodes of the black cast next week. That is how we celebrate 400. And I'll tell you right now, Larry, I got, I got no problem sharing, uh, your allegiances. This is not my sentiment, but Larry says go Phillies because, uh, he was, uh, just uh, trying to get it out there. And uh, Craig Robinson, oddly enough, Craig Robinson is Grant where the office was based. I'm a misinformed Brit. Wasn't, Craig Robinson, a, a character on The Office. Uh, yeah, that's where the uh, American version is. And uh, the American version of The Office and The British Office, uh, two very different shows. Uh, they are, uh, they're, they're definitely of a similar spirit, but uh, definitely not the same thing. Anyway, I appreciate everybody sticking around and uh, chatting and uh, all these questions. You know, you can continue to leave these questions just on the YouTube page uh, after we say goodbye and I appreciate everybody joining us to commemorate 400 of these things, uh, which certainly seems like, I don't know, 390 too many, but uh, that's always fun. So make sure you subscribe Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, uh, blackcast.com. And uh, that's where you can uh, always find the links to the latest in video, in audio, or just subscribe on all the fun places you can subscribe. I do appreciate everybody who uh, tuned in most importantly. 
Mr. Dennis Miller for uh, giving us some of his time. Celebrating 400 episodes of the Blackcast. I don't think we would have gotten anywhere near 400 Blackcasts without Will Sterling and definitely not without uh, Jeff DeRay. Jeff DeRay, though, really the last 200. The, the first... No, I guess it was really the, the last 300. The first 100, you weren't really around for, but you showed up at the end. But this is a great opportunity to ask both of you what the Black Cast has meant to you. Will, I'll let you go first. Well, I wish I could say something nice. Oh, no. Unfortunately, it's taken me 400 episodes to say how I really feel, which is, oh, no. you guys are losers. And this whole time, I only hang out with you because you make me feel better about myself. And yeah, it's fine, you know, but uh, this is, uh, I got to take this moment to say that I, I'm quitting officially, no. finally, after, God, eight, how many fucking Seven and a half years, shit? almost eight years to be. Yeah, you know? Action Comics is super old by this point. Uh, no, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's a good excuse to hang out, especially during quarantine. And after the radio show, I was like, I mean, I guess there won't be a podcast. And then it's like, nice, because the. Uh, it's kept the family together. Even Jeff in Boston, regularly calling in. Somebody else moved to Boston, disappeared forever. <laughs> Wait, who are you talking about? I don't even know. Same thing with Leah. Where, who knows? Uh, well, yeah, he moved to Hermosa. It's true know. that it's clear that the true black cast is, is, is the three of us. Man, this is the Mount Rushmore right here. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And Trump's uh, face next to us. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, Jeff also kept the black cast alive because you would let us uh, sit in your work. And you only almost got fired one time because of us. It was just one time out of all those times we went up there. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about it. Does this make me the, uh, is it Curly or Shemp who came later? Uh, uh, well, yeah, Shemp is, is later, but then there's also like, Curly Joe Besser. There's a lot of like replacement stooges. So yeah, you're definitely the shemp. Uh, you can be gummo marks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, I lost track. What was the question again? I got you were just uh, trying to figure out, you know, your your role in it. And I talked about how uh, we only almost got you fired one time when we would go into your old work to record the show, which is such a crazy idea to think. I'm like. Well, the only way we can record a podcast is if we go into a radio studio. And fortunately, I know someone in a radio studio. By the way, can you edit it for me? Thanks. I mean, it was at the time, you'd think like, because of what we're used to. And because like, until you realize how simple recording a podcast can be, you think yeah. like, oh, well, we need, you know, microphones and we need somewhere for it to be fed and we need somewhere to have a, the file recorded and blah, blah, blah. So it was super convenient. And I also feel like the radio station was so, it was, was I really liked a lot of those podcasts because it felt really easy and natural because even like when we're at AfterBuzz, we're not really like facing each other like we were in the radio studios. Like it was yeah. always so much easier to do hand signals and shit like that. So I always loved those. Those were like a lot of great memories. I also feel like that's when we, the podcast was a little bit looser. Sometimes there's more beer <laughs> episodes there, and things like that where there was a lot more beer like i i think we can bring back beer though i i think that that's a great point i think for the next 400 we need to we need to have more beer uh will are you going to stand in the way of that proclamation nope uh we'll just have to be a lot more careful well yeah but we're, oh well there's that yeah well that's yeah. true you know what there was a lot of beer at the christmas episode and some would say oh too much boy beer. yeah uh, definitely uh 
not just people that you're looking at here, not just the three of us. There were definitely too much beer uh, all around. Uh, Zia actually had a sip of beer that night and she doesn't drink. So obviously that's where she's been ever since. She went off the rails after that. Uh, Yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think that uh, it's always been fun. It's been a great excuse to talk to you guys. And I always try to like do a lot more of those shows where I do interviews and there's going to be a lot of, interview shows throughout the rest of this week that uh, I've already recorded because I feel bad asking you guys to do this more often. You know, when it was after the radio show, it was fine. Or it was like, Oh, come in on into after buzz. We'll do two. And yeah. then ask you again for like a month, you know, but uh, uh, I guess now it's like, we are home. You Funny know? enough. The only reason this is actually like, I mean, it's obviously everybody's least favorite way to do it. Cause we're over zoom and it's, and it's no one's together, but it's like, we're sitting in our chairs working all day. And then when we get to podcast, it's just more sitting in our chairs. And so like, my, I just hurt, like I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah. I fucking hate this. Like, yeah. Well, and all three of us work in podcasting to some extent. And right. uh, what, what would the three of us like to do when we're done? Oh yeah, more podcasts. More podcasts, exactly. No. Uh, podcasting that you don't get paid for. But I don't know, I mean, I, I think we have fun and we've gotten to know some uh, fun people who uh, actually like the Black Cast. Some of them uh, get into uh, disagreements with mostly Will on Twitter, but even they yeah. truly come from a place of just I liking the show and wanting I to have fun. Fights that you don't You don't pick fights. No, no, no. Other people will say things that you're like, well, now I have to respond to that. That's true. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm not being critical of you or the, I would never be critical of Black Cast Nation. So. One of those people apparently is no longer on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that that is not that, that is not by his choice. Yeah. Got it. But he's still on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. What uh, say, Jeff? I, well, two things. One, there's a documentary that came out on Netflix that's really interesting, The Social Dilemma. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty. Uh, I liked it. It's yeah. A bunch of like engineers who made Facebook and all these things about how they kind of unintentionally made it addictive and all these problems with it and after having watched it like I recognized how certain like because obviously I've got my problems with anger right and I recognized how like after work watching some of these Karen videos which are so popular now I'll just be so worked up that any little thing like I'm I'm ready to like flip the table like I'm so pissed off and it's because I'm watching these videos where there's situations where it's like I wish I was there to affect something this is so annoying to have to watch it and it's like holy shit I'm mad because I'm watching dumb angry people yell on a fucking phone like I don't that realization and that is also what has contributed to me just like wanting nothing to do with social media anymore. But, I've heard uh, that the documentary is interesting and I do want to check it out. I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, slowly crawling through the vow on HBO uh, because. Oh, uh, it's a good one too. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, I'm only just getting to the part where he's branding women and uh, making them, uh, you know. Which one, take, what is this? Which one is this? This the is vow. that, that Nexium cult that oh. uh, the girl from Smallville got wrapped up in. Okay. Yeah, so it's a documentary series about that on HBO uh, that I haven't seen. I'm not caught up, but I recommend people see that. And Jeff, it's called The Social Dilemma, the thing you're talking about? Yeah, it's a Netflix documentary is that that one. But yeah, The Vow is 
really good. That and Lovecraft Country are like the I've, thing I look forward to all week. I've heard that's good. I, I definitely have to check it out. Uh, Will, uh, what, what's what, what's your uh, your extracurricular assignment for Black Cast Nation? Anything they should watch, read, mainline? I'm, I'm like not watching that much stuff. I'm terrible at consuming media right now. I would recommend that everybody they want to check out comic books. I've been enjoying the death death metal. Dark Knight's death metal thing, just because it's so fucking insane. If they had read Dark Knight's metal or any of that stuff, it's like they just really lean into how crazy it is, and I think that that's surprisingly like very fun. Um, and Wally West plays a pivotal role, but you know, this what it is. And is also, um, what did I? Oh, I'm watching just old horror movies on Amazon. So yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, we're we're less than a week away from October, so uh, I know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a different Halloween, but uh, that doesn't mean that uh, it's on a Saturday. Yeah, it's on a Saturday, and we can't Halloween. But uh, I think it's because this year is the season of the witch. But what do I know? Oh, well, that's a great movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Will, as a guy with a Cthulhu head on your wall, I'm I'm a little disappointed you haven't been watching Lovecraft Country. I have been. We, didn't we talk oh, about okay. this? I think oh, you okay. talked I about it, I and you it like you hadn't been, and I was like, "Oh, oh no, no. He, that's like yeah. the one new thing that I'm watching." I, I'm the okay, loser okay. who hasn't watched it yet, but uh, I, I'll get to yeah. it. I, I do want to see it, uh, but um, anyway, well, I obviously want to thank both of you for all of your uh, tireless efforts in uh, keeping the black cast afloat. And yes, we did devote the majority of the episode to Dennis Miller, but uh, honestly, uh, without him. Uh, I never would have met either of you. So, uh, oh, and I guess I never would have met my wife without him, as I said to him earlier. So, I mean, I guess, I don't Mm. know. I'll let each of you rank where these relationships stand. You know what? Maybe if you never met Dennis, we still would have met and we could have gotten married. You and Jeff? Me and you. Oh, me? uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that was inevitable. We would have met I think Dennis actually put a wrench in our fate plan because we were supposed to be together, but it's fine. Yeah, well, that's a great point. I should point out that I met you before Dennis, but then I realized that was only because of David being on the Dennis And we wouldn't have known you or or David because you were at the, uh, I forget what he called his 30th birthday party. It was uh, exactly what I was wearing, a Santa hat bikini, uh, double double kegger. Yeah, that's right. And that is the party where my wife did a keg stand. And so did I. It was me and Heather's first keg stand. Yeah. How many I keg stands I, have you done since then, Will? But maybe, did you get sexually assaulted during your keg stand? Because I did. Who'd you oh. get assaulted by? Me. The that one girl who whose initials are like Pearl Jam. Oh. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, the friend who ended up getting married to another one of David's friends. Oh, or whatever not the one on the roof yeah oh yeah, yeah i know who that yeah 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 so you got he assaulted. held me up by my genitalia for one of the uh keg stands and then wow. did some grooming and i was like uh stop but i couldn't say that because i was drinking beer yeah well that's that's a that's a great excuse your honor that's why i couldn't say anything <laughs> I couldn't. It's, the it's, the it's the kavanaugh connection i like yeah. beer yeah <laughs> Maybe too much fear. <laughs> so I think we now have the story that's going to prevent Jeff from ever being on the Supreme Court. But I up until like this moment, you were a shoe in for the Supreme Court. But Jeff likes beer. Can't go. Nothing um, makes me happier than like that image of Brett Kavanaugh crying, saying, I still like beer. <laughs> yeah. just like, Look, 
I, I would say that's the most relatable thing about him. Like I would cry I just, over the idea of how much I like beer. The idea that these are the guys like that people prop up as like re representing this like hyper masculine party and like these are the dudes that they're putting up. I'm like, oh, I can't. Okay, so yeah. you're gonna try and find me a more manly man than Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think it's possible. Okay, so. Uh, crack that turtle shell. <laughs> Uh, what's the name? Uh, what's the Sedaris? The uh, Amy Sedaris's brother. What's his name? David. Like Paul something. Sedaris? David I Sedaris. It's, I think it's David. Yeah. You put David Sedaris and Lindsey Graham next to each other and just like spun them around. I would not know who is who. <laughs> if I had to like <laughs> turn around and just run. No, their voices at least. I would their have voices. no idea. Who uh. Well, uh, thank you guys. And uh, you'll be getting a text soon to uh, join me again for the Black Cast. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to watch some of this stuff that we've been talking about. And uh, I uh, will, I actually bought some uh, death metal because uh, I had heard that one of the issues, uh, sort of, I did it just as like an investment, but I've actually heard very good things about it. So I'm actually going to read at least the two that I bought. So. Wait, what was the investment? Uh, I mean, I just bought it because like one of the, one of them, this was like a month or two ago was like being resold the week it came out for like $25. So I'm like, Oh, oh all right, uh, let me buy that one. So I'm doing all the, I'm doing the tie-ins too. Cause they're all one shots. So it's yeah. like, it's the first thing in a long time that I've like leaned into doing tie-ins. Yeah. Well, they canceled everything else. So you might as well. That's uh, true. Um, I bought some Star Wars comics on my yep. ipad no are you reading like the current ones like okay. uh like bounty hunters uh, no it's more like i got the bunch of the darth vader ones yeah um the ones that where it's like it picks up right at the end of episode three like the first one is him coming off the table and then slamming the emperor and going to get his lightsaber and shit uh that one's really cool and then i got one today that i started reading which is like uh the history of kylo ren and so a little bit about um, the Knights Ren and him smashing up the the temple. Can you tell me more about Darth Vader slamming the Emperor? Because I don't think I read that issue. Uh, <laughs> it, he just it's just like in that that scene that's famous where he's like wake up. He's like no. But it's like instead of him just crushing everything around him, they show like a panel of him basically throwing the Emperor into this thing behind him by like in his little fit of rage. And then the emperor's like, oh, it's okay. You're, you're angry. And then he's electrocutes Darth Vader and he's like, don't fucking touch me with the force. He's like so mad. See, when, like when you said slamming, I thought it was in another sense. Oh, I thought it was some real oh. DVDA is what I thought. Oh. I, was not, I was not reading hentai, no. <laughs> well, there's always gonna be that version of the book. Anyway, uh, thanks again to you both. Thanks again to Blackcast Nation, Dennis Miller. And you know what? Thanks to Coltrane. Thanks to Liev. Come on. They were a part of the show and sometime might be, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, oh, and I see Chuck the Pup. Chuck the Pup. Uh, and, and I think that's uh, Chuck the Pup's first appearance on the Blackcast, by the way. So great to see so. him. <laughs> Jeff's like, wait, wait, guys, I have a dog too. I have a dog. Charlie! Oh, it's another, oh, it's another Charlie. Another Charlie. Why would anyone want to play with a Charlie in the box? That's my favorite. And on the, that note, uh, for, well, I was going to say for the 400th time, but I didn't get this till the 100th. So I don't know. So I've probably hit it 400 times in the last week. But uh, thank you to everybody. And uh, we will see you and hear from you 
next time on the Blackcast. Thanks, everybody. All right, terrible Texas has to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show. <laughs>